Hi, and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 72. And as usual, well, what is now usual, I'm going to jump into grammar. And I want to start with something really basic. Basic Chinese grammar contains six different elements. And I'm going to talk to you about three of them right now. And if you've been learning with us for a while, or you've been learning Chinese in general for a while, you probably would have come across them. They are zhuyu, which means host or literally a subject, but we prefer the term host, the thing that is doing something in the sentence. And you have to have one of those to make a sentence, right? Like me or I or him or her or it. And then we have wei yu, which means predicate. So this is does what. It's what is the subject doing in that sentence, which you also must have for a sentence. And then we have which means literally we like to translate it as guest or guest language um, but you would have you would probably know it as object so what is um, the object is has something being done to it in the sentence and you don't always have to have one of these right so let's talk about zhu wei bing this is what your Chinese tutor will say a lot to you um, and I don't want to bore you with grammar terms and things like that because as soon as, I don't know about you, but for me, as soon as I start to hear grammatical nomenclature when I'm trying to learn a language, I just want to run for the hills. But it's important to know this for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, you're going to, if you ever have a tutor in the future, which you, you would recommend you do at some point, you know, to practice speaking and that, they might try and explain grammar to you in certain points or explain how to use a certain word. And they will use these terms occasionally, and you need to understand them, right? Um, but also, just as important is, on our course, we organize all of the Anki tags, our, our flashcards, uh, by grammar terms. So we want you to be able to find them and understand what you're looking at. So, let's look at some example sentences for this, shall we? So let's explain this with an example sentence that everyone needs to know, which is, ni. I love you. So in this case, what is the subject? I am the the thing doing the thing in the sentence. I is what I'm doing, which is the way you. So I'm the draw you and I or love or loving is the way you the does what or predicate. And then we have being you, which is the guest, which is you the subject of my love in this case, right? Uh, so let's look at another sentence, which is actually even more simple than this. So these three elements, zhu, wei, bing, are not actually, they are almost the simplest sentence you could possibly make in Chinese or English for that matter. But there's actually, uh, just like English, you can actually take away the guest, the being you, the object, and that can still be a full sentence, just a subject and a verb. So for example, uh, I like this one, wo lai. So literally it means I come. So but it's used in so many different uh, situations. Uh, usually uh, the most common way I've seen it used is where someone says, I'm going to do that or I will do that. So it's like, oh, who, who wants to help me finish this shot of tequila? Or who wants to help me carry this bag? And that's a whole sentence. I will do it. Or I'll, you know, you could also say, yeah, like I'll come to the party or whatever. Um, so that is the simplest of the simple. You can't get any more simple than that and still be a proper sentence. Uh, let's look at another one of those, which is uh, another cool one, which is 你们看. 
So it's literally saying you, like plural, have a look. You look, uh, which is a full sentence. Uh, another one, let's go back to the zhu wei bing. And this is directly from the Mandarin Blueprint method uh, between levels 1 and 12. All of these sentences are. Uh, a very useful one, of course, not for me personally, but you'll hear it a lot, which is 我是中国人. Uh, in fact, actually, you probably wouldn't hear that much because if you're in China, that's kind of a, a no-brainer for people you're talking to. But anyway, 我是中国人. What's the, what's the subject? What is the the host in this case? It is 我. And 是, or to be, would be the verb, or am in this case, in this particular format. I am Chinese. 我是中国人. 是 is the way. The way you, the predicate, the does what, and the Zhongguoren would be the Bingyu, the guest, or if you'd like the boring English way, the object. Okay. Uh, next, we have another one from our course, which is ni. I know you. So I'm the subject, you're the object, and Renshu means to know. That's what's being done. And you can also, of course, just add in. Ma at the end of these sentences to make it into a yes-no question. ma. So, yeah, and that still counts as the subject of uh, predicate. Of, why am I saying the boring English style? 主位宾, host, does what, guest. So, please have a look for these uh, tags on our course. You can search for them easily through our flashcards by clicking on tags that contain these. Uh, if you're not on our course, have a try. And, uh, and hopefully that will help you uh, be clearer, regardless of whether you join our course or not, when you join classes with your tutors. Because I don't know about you, but when I was in class, my teacher would keep saying to me, Zhu Wei Bing. And I, I, by the end of it, she had to explain what these were in Chinese so many times. that it was just so boring that my brain would just delete it. And by the end of it, I was just pretending I knew what she was saying. She says, you forgot the, the, the bingyu. Where's the bingyu? And I'm like, yes, the bingyu. Yes, I, uh, I, silly me. I'll remember that next time. I had no idea what she was talking about. All right, guys, I hope that's cleared things up for you. That was the host does what guest grammar structure. Okay, so let's jump into the emails and other messages that we've had from you this week and comments on the course. First one is John by email. He says, thank you so much for your interesting email and your story. I have subscribed to your course and would like to learn from it. I've been using your pronunciation lessons in the past, but never finished. I will continue my course in Chinese for very special reasons. I have always believed that teaching has been simplified and most people will find them difficult to understand. As you know, Chinese is difficult to learn because most people who try to teach Chinese do not understand how the brain works. I want to achieve the goal of speaking Chinese because being able to speak Chinese fluently is my lifelong goal. I have been a fan of Bruce Lee since I was very young. Cool, me too. Although I've never tried to learn Cantonese or Mandarin, I have been a martial arts participant or practitioner for many years. I continue to have many Chinese friends in the United States, but I do not have a lot of Chinese friends on the internet. And our speech was very interesting. Uh, in most cases, I usually in most cases I usually teach them to speak English. Oh, okay. Uh, you mean your conversations were very interesting. In most cases, I usually teach them to speak English instead of learning Chinese from them. That happens a lot. Uh, one of the problems was due to the tones. I encountered many problems when communicating, or every three words were incorrect. Therefore, 
I think you're the best choice for me to learn Chinese and I will trust you. Let's start doing this together. John. Thanks very much, John. And you should find the pronunciation mastery course very useful. And I'm looking forward to seeing your feedback and hearing your feedback once you actually get into what we call the meat of the Mandarin Blueprint Method, phases one, two, three, four, and five. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Okay, the next email is from Rebecca. She says, I found the new grammar portion of the podcast to be extremely useful. This is really good to hear. Thank you very much. I'm glad because it's a new thing that we're starting to add into the podcast. Uh, so I want to make sure that you guys are enjoying it. And please, if you are enjoying it, let me know. Um, if you'd like any tweaks or changes to how we do the podcast, we'll always be uh, listening to those, uh, any feedback that you have. Uh, and also, if you have any specific grammar points that you really, really want to know more about, get in touch. So she continues, MB is my only Mandarin instruction, so I'm not getting my grammar anywhere else. This morning, I had been investigating guo, which we talked about, which I talked about in episode 70, two episodes ago, because I had been confused about it. And I've been thinking that I need to investigate bu and mei, because I didn't understand when one was used over the other. I'm going to go back and re-listen and write notes. Awesome. Great. Yeah, it's good to understand. Like I explained in that podcast, it's good to understand grammar points uh, because it can help you uh, click with things a little bit quicker. Uh, but it won't necessarily help you acquire the language uh, in uh, directly. Uh, it's much better to just rely on listening and reading for that, I think. Uh, okay, thanks very much, Rebecca. Uh, the next email is from Tyson. He says, every once in a while, some of my author friends float me a text to correct before publication. I have an eye and an ear for what sounds right. What's strange is that I can't stand grammar. Yeah, me neither. And my head gets muddled when Chinese teachers fill up the boards with more and more grammar patterns and rules. I totally ignored English grammar as a student because I was just a rebellious kid who had planned on being a professional skateboarder. Trying to get ch to Chinese fluency through relearning English grammar and principles and applying them to ideas like stative verbs, auxiliary verbs, directional compounds, etc. It's just too much. So it is just too much. This is why I appreciate the idea of comprehensible input and spaced repetition. I feel bad now because <laughs> I, I did a little bit of this today, didn't I? I was talking about it. But the idea is that I hope that I, I got the, uh, the point across that I don't like that stuff either. Uh, we don't like that stuff. We prefer to, you know, I think a certain amount of grammar explanation is helpful to a degree, but only if that is done in a very easy to understand manner, not, you know, like using things like that, you know, what is it? Directional compounds and stuff like that. Not ideal. Anyway, this is why I appreciate the idea of comprehension, yeah, special repetition. Only if I hear something repeated enough times in a certain context does it stick. And, and then can I get an unconscious feel for it exactly. If I ever get out to your part of China, that's Chengdu, for anyone that doesn't know, I've never been so far to the, uh, so far to the west. I'll pay y'all a visit. Thanks very much, Tyson. You are more than welcome to come down to Chengdu. It's a great city. And if you ever do come down, drop us a line. I'm sure we can uh, go out for a beer or something. All right, the next message is from Kathleen. Uh, this was something in the pronunciation mastery course, how to fix and uh, how to fix pronunciation problems. And one of the uh, ways of doing that is to record yourself and play it back. And you, of course, you can send these recordings to a tutor online as well. And you can use uh, websites like highnative.com, which is great for that. 
uh, which I believe is still free. Uh, yeah, there's a paid option for it though. Um, basically, you can also record yourself in Anki. You can listen to your own recording and the recording within Anki as well. Uh, just hit the, I can't remember which button it is actually, but it's, it's a button on the keyboard, you can do it. And she says, thanks for mentioning the recording option in desktop Anki. I completely missed it since I use mainly the mobile app, which does not have this option. I did not know the mobile app did not have the option, but uh, thanks for that. I'm glad that helped. So next one is from JA and he just simply says, got it. Thanks. This is a reply to Phil because whenever someone asks a question in the Mandarin Blueprint forum, the community uh, or an email, um, if it's, if it's, if it's better and easier for you and for us to just send you a video, because um, sometimes we, it's, it's easy just to, to explain it uh, with our voices and, and through a video and to type it all out, especially for me, because I'm a rubbish typer. Um, uh, sometimes we'll just send a quick video to explain something. And uh, JA just says, got it, thanks. Is this not the best Chinese course with the best instructors? instructors? Now, that doesn't add any value whatsoever to the podcast, but complimenting us so I'm going to put it in here and it's my podcast <laughs> so the next couple of comments are from Rick and they are rather technical questions about pronunciation related to the northern dialect so let's have a look Rick says I haven't heard the way they variant but I'm wondering if the sound might be a bilabial V rather than a labiodental V in English wow okay so I'm guessing bilabial you mean like both lips together and labiodental, as in like lip touching the tooth. That's my guess, right? Um, now, a bilabial V would be a, a W, right? That's, that's what it seems like to me. But it sounds like that you're, you're using words that make me feel like your pronunciation knowledge is better than mine, right? So at least about, you know, how to explain stuff. Um, but I would say um, it's just, for me, it just sounds like the standard... WV difference. By the way, guys, if you're listening uh, to, if you're wondering rather, of course you're listening, if you're wondering what I mean by the W and the the W and the V variant, we're talking about northern dialects. And Mandarin, it comes mainly from Beijing. There's other aspects to it, but standard Mandarin uh, is from the north, but northern accents, uh, like more purely, purely northern accents, they will have certain things in them that Mandarin doesn't. Um, and this is one of them. So for example, standard Mandarin is wei shema, like why in Chinese would be wei shema. It's a w, clearly a W. Whereas a northerner might throw in a little V sound instead, wei shema, and it comes from the northern dialects, okay? And for me, it just sounds like a, a V, just a, a soft V, but it's there. It's, it's, uh, so I guess it would be labial, labiodental, v, v, like the, the standard V in English, right? That, he said, that would make more sense as a variant on the standard pronunciation, i.e. converting the bilabial semi-vowel W into a bilabial fricative. I mean, so fricative means like a, zzz, like a, like a sort of vibration, right? So you're talking about a very subtle difference, and I might be wrong here, but I'm just basically on my senses. Um, it's so soft that you might be right. It's a soft V. Uh, it might not be the bilabio, the, I'm so terrible, labiodental, where it actually touches the tooth. Maybe it is, uh, but bilab maybe it is bilabial. Because uh, bilabial, 
if my knowledge is correct on the subject, bilabial, it doesn't actually have to touch, it can be close to touching. So, uh, or I, I assume that means labiodental as well. So maybe it's like a labiodental, but it doesn't touch the teeth. So maybe it's like, veishama, veishama. So it's a very soft, very soft V. That's my knowledge on the subject. I, I'm, you know, you, you, uh, if you go and research it and you find something different to my answer, please let me know. There's a really interesting question. And I learned, <laughs> I think I've learned a couple of new words. I'll, I'll check and I'll look them up after we're done just to make sure I got that right. Um, and he's got another question which he adds at the bottom, which is also interesting, which says, uh, when you mention northern or southern variations of Mandarin, roughly what regions are covered in each? I originally thought northern and southern China, but of course there are different dialect languages in the south. Yeah, it, when I say southern, I'm mainly meaning Sichuan, to be honest, but I'm sure there are other areas, um, like a lot of like southern Chinese dialects have that in common, have certain characteristics in common, as do northern dialects have a lot of characteristics in common. But I would love to do a video, a really extensive video on dialects one day, not just about because there are, I there are at least five main dialects in uh, which are essentially different languages in the la in the country in that in, in terms of Chinese the entire Chinese language, not Mandarin, the entire Chinese language has at least five, I think it's as many as like nine different actual dialects. And most of these dialects are so different, they could be different languages. You know? And then of course, each one of these can be divided. I don't even know how many <laughs> sub dialects or dialects within those dialects there could be because I mean, I haven't just I just haven't looked into it. But I'll tell you this, I live in Sichuan in Chengdu and Chengdu has Chengdu Hua and there's Sichuan Hua but Chengdu is a kind of Sichuan Hua which only people from Chengdu speak and then about 100 kilometers away there is Emei Shan, Emei Shan a, a mountain where a friend of mine is from and, uh, and apparently according to him he said that Chengdu people cannot understand Emei language right and it's still Sichuanese it's Sichuan Hua but it's 100 kilometers away and it's unintelligible now, we have lots of different accents in England, right? Uh, I think it's, so I've heard a figure like every 25 miles, the accent changes in England, squared. But we can understand each other. But uh, that's not the case in, in China. The, the variation is just, it's, uh, it's boundless, it seems, right? Um, but yeah, basically, northern, when I say northern accents, northern uh, dialects, northern variations of Mandarin, uh, I'm talking about, you know, Beijing area and the northeast and then southern I'm talking mainly like Sichuan area and surrounding regions of that uh, check a look take a look at this map uh, I'll attach a map below this is the basics of on, on, on the um, Wikipedia but it's so complicated this subject that um, it's just it, it would need like two or three podcasts just on this subject to talk about it to explain it in full and I haven't done the research, so I'm not going to try and do that right now. Um, but really good questions, man. And uh, if you find out anything else on this, let me know. Any good uh, resources, shoot us a link. I'd be happy to research it further. All right, guys, that's it for the emails and just general comments and questions we've had this week. I'm going to jump into course updates. And I've only really got one big course update. Uh, this week, which I'm really happy to be able to tell you, which is the course 
has finally been expanded to 1,530 characters and just over 4,000 common words. So um, Phil has been fantastic uh, organizing all of this. And of course, all the recording is done in his house in the studio. And we've had Annie and Jerry come over and finish all of the um, the flashcards. And it's just been really impressive. And it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to get this out. And it's been about six months it's taken. So it's finally there. It's all ready. So we've got 57 levels now. And uh, the intermediate course is done. The next expansion, <laughs> we're not going to start yet. I told you last time, uh, we haven't started yet. We're probably not going to start it for a few months yet because we've got so much else to do right now. That's been we've we've put on the back burner for so long, trying to you know divert resources to the expansion. Now that's done, we can do that other stuff that we've been waiting to do, which I'll tell you about another time. But the next expansion will be the advanced course, and that will cover everything up to 3,000 uh, characters, maybe more, and uh, a bunch more words and, of course, longer form content and everything. Um, so thanks, guys, for your support as well, of course. That's has been absolutely essential throughout this period. Loads of people have given such important feedback that has changed the course and the new expansion is reflects uh, what you guys have said it needs improvement and what you said works and we've expanded on that as well so uh, my voice is going <clears throat> so early as well uh, so yeah thanks guys awesome i'm very happy about it and i'm happy to get on to the other stuff and more developments and keep making the course uh, better and better as we keep getting your feedback so keep that coming um, all right, so that's it, really. That's all I want to share today, uh, this week, with the course updates. Brilliant, very happy. Next, we're going to move into the movies. And we've had so many movies, and there's something happening. Uh, Phil was just talking to me about it before the, cl uh, the class, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, podcast. He was saying there's, there's, there seems to be a critical mass happening in terms of engagement on the course at the moment. Um, of course, we're getting new people joining the course every day which is fantastic, but it's more than that. It seems to be the engagement is, um, how would you say? Uh, the engagement is higher than it should be based on the amount of people that have been, like we've increased the numbers, but we've really increased the engagement. Like people are just sending so many messages. We may have to think about doing two podcasts a week at some point soon. Not yet, but... Um, I want to be able to, we both want to be able to give you guys the time you deserve. You're, you're putting such great content on there for us. And just think about this, the amount of stories and props and, and just general questions and our answers to those questions there for new people to see just <clears throat> builds that trust with people and, and, and shows them that, hey, this these guys have a little community going on here. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to trust them and I'm going to, really Tolshin, I'm going to Tolshin you do a Kirchan. I'm going to throw myself into this. So that's brilliant. Um, so let's uh, jump into some movies then, shall we? Um, the first one is from Lucas Chin. He says, Bruce Lee and my friend Max are standing on top of my EN set roof, because it's a fifth tone. This is for men, which um, is the plural for people. So it's ni men. So ni is you, wa is I, ni men is you plural, and wa men is 
we. Uh, you get the idea. So this mun, it could be hard, right? Like, how do you think? It's, it's very abstract, but it has a clear meaning, but it's also not that clear. It, it's, it's a tough one. So let's see how Lucas handles it. Bruce Lee and my friend Max are standing on top of my EN set. There is a large door between them. The door is one of the props. It's, it's on the right of this character, as you can see. And the left prop, or the component rather, um, is a, a man or a person. My friend Max, who is very into magic, announces to everyone that they're going to do a magic trick. As he's saying this, Bruce Lee is flexing his muscles. Because oh, Bruce Lee's the man component, because he's the manliest man, uh, arguably. Um, is flexing his muscles, stretching like a cat getting ready. Then at the same time, Max and Bruce Lee uh, run through the doors and come out the other side. But now there are two Maxes and two Bruce Lees. They do it again, and now there are four of each of them. They repeat this a bunch more times until there are so many Maxes and so many Bruce Lees that they are starting to fall off the roof. A few of them fall off and die. <laughs> Great. Thanks for adding that bit at the end. Uh, really needed that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's great. It's a, it's a very, it's just how your brain naturally follows with that sequence of events, right? Um, that's that's a really good way of learning a very abstract character. So your abstract um, keywords, they throw people off and they intimidate beginners. And they're actually really straightforward. Now, uh, as long as you know how to handle them, which Lucas has done expertly here. Uh, one thing happens when you, when you start doubling and doubling and doubling, it's, it's something happens with your brain. It's like same same thing does that with computers, right? There's only a certain amount of RAM. And uh, if you include too many things at one time, your brain just turns it into a blur. It doesn't, or mine does anyway. Maybe yours is more powerful uh, computer than mine, which is likely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, either way, even if that does happen, you can still handle it. You can still get what's going on. It's like a sea of people, right? Fantastic movie. Well done. Keep them coming. All right, the next one we've got is for, from John Grist. This one's really simple, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it's for tool, which means soil. And it's made up of a crucifix, which is the cross, which is the prop we suggest anyway. Of course, there are others that you could choose. And a razor blade, which is the bottom component. Thor, that's the, um, the fictional actor that's associated with the, the spelling of the opinion, sitting on the bed, having a shave with a razor blade. There is a clap of thunder, it frightens him, then he soils the bed. He, this is my favorite bit. He looks to the crucifix for help. <laughs> like, this is really well done. I love the simple, the, the, the sort of short ones in a way because they allow the reader to add their own flavors to it, their own um, uh, facial expressions and mine that I'm adding are very funny. Well done. Um, next one is from Deborah Driscoll. Make a movie for G, which like means machine, you know, Fei flying machine, means airplane. Um, my J.I. actress is outside my childhood home trying to get in but the way is blocked by a giant tree. So the tree would be the left side component. No problem. She takes out a small caterpillar, the G prop, the, the prop on the right, which looks like a caterpillar. That's why it was chosen and puts it on the tree. It quickly munches away at the tree until all that is left is, is an amazing machine made up of wooden cogs. These start to turn slowly as the tree machine starts up making a mechanical. 
sound. Quickly they gain momentum and spin like crazy, causing the front door to fling wide open and my actor walks in. That's awesome. Uh, that's that's a really good one. And again, you're like talking about like the 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 RAM of your of your meat computer, as Phil calls it. Um, you uh, you know that's a really complex thing to imagine, but you can you, your brain just takes shortcuts. You know, you just get the caterpillar. Like you just see like a Tasmanian devil style like a whirlwind of action, like something's happening, like a blur. And then the finished product is this sort of moving machine. And just to solidify, you can go up to it and touch it and, and feel the texture of it and look at all the moving parts and things like that. Well done, Deborah. That's a really good one. Okay. Uh, next, we have J.A. on Make a Movie for Nung Ability, or to be able to, rather. So he says, Neil Patrick Harris, which is the actor, in a cafeteria of his ENG set with Popeye and Mactonite, an anthropomorphic crescent moon from old McDonald's commercials. Okay, that's very specific. <laughs> I like that. Um, all right, let's see. And of course, uh, uh, there's a ladle, a couple of ladles in there as well for the right side components. Let's see what he does. He says, the three are having a talent contest. I, I'm the three, the three. I guess, is that a reference to How I Met Your Mother? I haven't really watched that show. Uh, are having a talent contest to show what they can do with two ladles. Neil, a noted amateur mag magician, has the ability to make the, disa uh, the disappear, or make them disappear one at a time. Popeye has the ability to juggle them by blowing them out of the bowl of his pipe. And Mac uses them in his ability to pay, play the xylophone. Oh, great. I see. So the three people were the three actors or characters or people that ended up in your scene. That's great. That's a really good one. Showing their three different abilities. What better situation than a magic show or a talent show, rather? Um, that's fantastic. Well done. So the final one here is from Jack on the make a movie for ji, which means to remember or record or recall. Uh, that's the basic gist of it. And um, Jack, I can tell, is an aural person or audio person, however you want to put it. He clearly learns best from audio, which is absolutely fine. And I don't. I've always said that to you guys. Phil is more like the musical, so he does this more. Um, but Jack's He's given a bunch of soundtrack suggestions in, in the comments lately. And here's one of them. Uh, for this movie for uh, D, which means to remember, he suggested the soundtrack Nana Muscuri. Try to remember uh, the J.I. character sings this on the mic in the bathroom and the snake slithers up, to, up the mic and joins in the singing on the S part. September. You remember that song, right? Try to remember, you know, that one. So, and again, that's such a catchy song, right? So that's in my, I'm, I'm not musical, <laughs> clearly, um, but that's in my head and I can remember that very easily. Uh, I think even I would have no problem. I think that would even add a lot to my scenes as well. So yeah, keep those coming because that's a really useful aspect. There was someone else recently who was sharing smells as well. Interesting smells that you could incorporate into your movies. This is really leveling up. Anyway, that's uh, that's the um, the movies for this week. Let's jump into just one actor, which is also a suggestion from Jack. And again, it's related to sound in a cool way. So actors, the casting call for ZU, so it should be a fictional actor of some kind, a fictional character, rather. He's chosen Godzilla. 
based on the sound. So I just thought that was a cool little addition. It's sort of related to that idea of learning by sound. Okay, uh, that is the basic movies that I'd like to, and the, and the actors I'd like to share with you this week. We've got a few props left um, that were recommended that I think are quite cool and I'd like to share, and then we can finish it off for the day. Okay, so uh, the first prop is from Matthias, and it's a pick a prop for Shao, which means few, um, or a few. Um, no, just few. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's the northern white rhinoceros because there is only a few of them left. That's both very sad and very memorable. William Edmides on pick a prop for young, which means um, forever, eternal. And he says a bit more technical could be a giant atom. We all know what that looks like from school, don't we? As they can't be created or destroyed and so are eternal. That's cool. Didn't know that. Uh, Kent Brockelman on pick a prop for yun, which means uh, cloud. He says, in Spanish, my friend Claudia is pronounced Claudia. So I assume a, cl a cloud, as in cloud, would be pronounced, a Claude would be pronounced cloud, which is how I came up with Claude Monet, the painter. Oh, I, I see. Uh, who often painted clouds in his paintings. You could also use cloud from many different a Claude, rather, from many different video games as well. That's really good. There's a couple of degrees of separation, but it's also a couple of connections to make up for it. So, very nice. And the next one here, next couple, we've got Oliver Morris on pick a prop for uh, Zhao. <laughs> yeah, so it took me more. Um, maybe the briefcase in pulp, uh, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction that they look into glowing millions into in it. Uh, the, the, the one that like, glows gold. Also a bad omen for the rest of the movie. Yeah, because Zhao is like Yu uh, Zhao, or Qian Zhao, which means a uh, omen. That's what this character basically means. So to choose a prop, why not choose something that is a bad omen? Oh, you can even choose that, that evil kid, what's his name, from the, the omen movie. I think I actually suggested that. Okay, and the last one here is from Clayton Lee for pick a prop for which has a bunch of different meanings depending on which context it's in, but similar in a way, these sort of several meanings. Uh, the meaning that we chose is to persist. And he's chosen Pepe Le Pew, very persistent. Yeah, that's certainly one word, one word for it. All right, that's it for today, guys, because that's all the emails, that's all the messages. Please keep them coming. I know I did say that we're, we're sort of getting a bit overwhelmed with how many co comments, but overwhelmed in a good way, okay? So keep them coming. Uh, please keep sharing your stuff because it's proving so helpful for people on the course. And any ideas or suggestions you have for Fillerai, just get in touch anytime at can, uh, contact at mandarinblueprint.com. Thanks a lot, guys. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.